Brave Podcast Network. Sick of being stuck and uninspired and living in fear? Yeah, me too. That's why I created the Get Your Brave On podcast, because I was looking for something that wasn't a push alert on my phone or a negative news story to start my day. Get Your Brave On is a podcast you can listen to while you're getting ready in the morning, brushing your teeth or putting your makeup on or getting your cardio in. Get exactly the motivation and inspiration you need to silence fear and do one brave thing a day. Make sure that you follow so you don't miss an episode. We start the week off with a topic, an inspiration. Then the next episode is a prayer about that. The third episode of the week, a faith-based meditation. The rest of the week includes stories from listeners just like you on how you're facing fear and getting your brave on. Share yours at 530-4-AMANDA. And I bring you experts to give you advice on how to silence fear when it comes to your faith, family, finances, fitness, and we even get to have some fun. Don't miss an episode. Sign up at getyourbraveon.info and I'll send you my free Brave Life Planner. Another thing you can start your day with instead of negative news. It is a specific plan to boot up your bravery and set your mind on the right things, the good things. And then a daily planner to help you choose one brave thing a day. If you use this every day for 30 days, that's 30 brave things things you've done in a month. Just think of how brave you will be by the end of the year. 365% more brave. Sign up at getyourbraveon.info and make sure you follow the podcast. So glad you're here. Life Audio. We met at a funeral. My guest on this week's podcast, not a celebrity, but she should be. Her name is Marilyn Anniker. And the brave lesson that she will teach you asking this question of God, what do you want to accomplish in my life? And then how to fulfill it. How she bravely adopted five children, a sibling group from Russia. But that's not even the bravest thing she did. These children had some trauma to overcome. How'd she do it? She stepped into their fear with them. Brave babe, there's so much you and I can learn from my dear friend that I met at a funeral, Marilyn Anniker. How God answered her brave prayer. God, what do you want to accomplish with my life? This is perfect for my vision of Get Your Brave On. I say it's to inspire you to live a more strong and courageous life through any plot twist, like relationship, job loss, or just plain lost. If you're wondering, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do, God. What is it that you want out of my life? Marilyn teaches you how to ask that question, wait for the answer, and then when you get it, say yes. That's next after a quick message from our sponsor. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. 
It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. Get your brave on. Welcome back. Here is the question I dare you to ask God of today. God, what do you want to accomplish in my life? That's what Marilyn asked God. She was a stay-at-home mom, two kids, always wanted more. Listen to how God answered that, that desire deep down inside of her heart. Here's our conversation. I recorded in my kitchen because that's what you do with friends we met at a funeral okay and it turns out um her husband used to work with my boyfriend sean and we were all honoring one of their former co-workers that lived an amazing life and passed away it was really a celebration of life we met um our significant others knew each other and then we started talking and she realized you listen to me on the radio every morning in sacramento and we just had this oh hey and she's my new best friend and I sat next to her and so while we're at this celebration of life we start unpacking our own life stories it seems like the perfect place for that kind of thing and she was telling me I was like you have to come on the podcast please and so now uh we're sitting in my kitchen which I think is kind of cool having some tea and just wanting to bring you in to that table when we were at the celebration of life of a really good man who lived an amazing life. And then I got to meet this really good woman who is continuing to just be an incredible, I, I think you, you're leaving a legacy for your family. And I want to be, I want to do the same thing. So how did you go from having two kids to having seven children? It really started in my home. I was just talking to God and I said, God, what do you want to accomplish in my life before I die? Now, when you ask God a question, it's easy for me, it is for me to start answering it. And I've, I've been learning to keep my mouth shut and listen. So I said, God, what would you like to accomplish in my life before I die? And I wrote it, that question on a piece of paper and I put it in my Bible. And I said, God, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. And I closed my Bible and I said, God, now my job is to listen. I asked you a question and I'll listen and wait. And a, f- a few weeks later, I was reading my Bible in um, Isaiah when Isaiah yes when God is telling talking to Isaiah about going around naked as a as a sign for the nation and all of a sudden I said God that's it you are going to ask me to do something ridiculous like be naked like be no. naked <laughs> it was and I said God I'll do it whatever it is I'll do it but now we have another question what is this thing this nakedness you want from me and, um, and again, I said, God, that's my question, your answer. So the next Sunday I'm in church and I see in the church bulletin that they're looking for someone to work with a group of children from Russia. I just thought, well, Hey, you know what? We'll do this. This is, we have a commitment as a family to pray for the orphan. So I said, sure, we'll do this. So our, our second oldest son and I went the very next day to the park to work with these kids. And it's a huge park. And, um, they didn't speak any English. I realized if someone came up, some stranger with with not such good motives, and if they said, you know, help me, that you're not my dad, you're not my mom, whatever, I wouldn't know what they were saying. So I distanced myself significantly. I mean significantly from the children. And so I could have this view, and I just sat on a, a, the railing of a fence, and I said, God, would you just pr- 
send angels around this field, this park, and would you protect these children? And I said, God, I know we would never adopt because my husband wasn't so sure he would want to adopt. And at this stage, we were, we had adult, young adult children. They were like upper teenagers. So you were like done. Right. We were done. done. Right. We were almost done. And so I said, God, would you put your thumb on the heart of a child here? And would you put that print on my heart? And God, I'll pray for that child to the day I die. I mean, so help me, God, I'll pray for that child to the day I die. And, and I'm looking way across the field at these children that look small because I'm so far away. And a little girl comes up to my side and says something to me in Russian. And I turned her name tag over, and her name was, was said Marina. And I said, God, that's a thumbprint. And I will pray for Marina till the day I die. And off she ran. I mean, we didn't do anything, but she came up and chatted, and off she ran. And I said, God, if there's another child here, would you put your thumb on that child's heart and put that print on my heart, and I'll pray for that child till the day I die. And a little girl comes up on my left side and says something to me, and I turned her name tag over, and it said Leanna. And I said, God, I will pray for Leanna till the day I die. That's a thumbprint. And then I saw a little boy running back and forth and back and forth and back and forth right in front of me. And I said, God, that's a thumbprint. I'll pray for the little boy that reminds me of Benjamin, who's our second born. The little boy didn't have a name tag on. Yeah, he ate it or something. Who knows what? All I knew is that was a thumbprint because he was right there and he reminded me of Benjamin. And then I saw uh, another child that I knew was a thumbprint. And I said, God, I'll pray for that child to the day I die. We thought it was a little boy, but it was actually a little girl. And then I saw an older boy who did not want to be seen, but I saw him. And I said, God, I that's a thumbprint. I will pray for that older boy who does not want to be seen, but I saw him. And that day, that very first day, God put five thumbprints on my heart, and I prayed for them every day day. I prayed that God would keep them together. I prayed that they would find a home. I prayed that they would come to know Jesus. And about two weeks into the camp, um, the two youngest, my first two thumbprints were sitting on a curb. And someone said, did you know that those two are sisters? And I said, no. Seriously, they're sisters? And I said, yes. And I said, do you know that there are two of five siblings here? And I said, no. Who are the others? And they said, well, see that little boy running all over the place? That's the brother. And see that little guy in the white shoes? That's their sister. It's really a girl. And see that, oh, I can't find him. There's a boy that you can never find. That's their brother. Well, I knew who the brother was. And I said, God, they're mine. They're mine. So help me, God. I am. This is my nakedness and I'm going to go for this. I love her so much. So if you're thinking about asking God that question, God, what is it that you want to accomplish in my life? Then maybe you get an answer. I would love to help you then accomplish that thing that you come up with. Go to getyourbraveon.info and you can download my free Brave Life Planner. It has a journal, stuff to fill out every single day to help you find that mission and then walk out that mission, stay focused on it. And it also has just a daily planner that you can use 
news with spots to pick one brave thing a day to walk that out totally free download the free brave life planner at getyourbraveon.info we're back with marilyn more about what happened when she adopted five kids from russia next if you run a small business you need the most from every investment that's why comcast business gives you more like our new gig speed wi-fi plus unlimited data all on the largest fastest reliable network for small businesses comcast business powering possibilities don't miss our special holiday offer and ask how to get up to a 750 dollars prepaid card with a qualifying bundle call today ends 12 4 2022 restrictions apply requires gigabit extra bundle with two-year agreement I'm Tony DeLorenzo, and this is my beautiful wife, Elisa. Hey there. We're hosts of the top-rated marriage podcast, The One Extraordinary Marriage Show. This is the show where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. Each episode, we share what you can do to create the extraordinary marriage you desire. With over 700 episodes, like Information Overload and Sex Pillows and Wedges, there's something for you. Come join us as we talk sex, love, and commitment. Subscribe to The One Extraordinary Marriage Show today, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on your favorite podcast app. Comcast Business gives you more for your small business with our new gig speed Wi-Fi plus unlimited data. Ask how to get up to a $750 prepaid card with a qualifying bundle. Ends 12-4-2022. Restrictions apply. Requires new gigabit extra bundle with two-year agreement. So, Marilyn, you asked God... What is it that you want to accomplish in my life? You got an answer to adopt five children from Russia. Then what? So I told John, and um, we, we're a close family, the four original Annikers. We're really close. And so I thought, you know, if, if one person says no, we don't do this. One no, and, and I'm out of here. So I talked to John, and he said he'd pray. And I said, like, not like, oh, God, keep them together. I said, like, on your knee, pray. <laughs> Keep these kids together. And um, when I asked him, I said, how would you like to adopt five kids from Russia? His response was, right, what's for dinner? <laughs> because he knew this would be like, only you, you're the only one who would do something like this. But, you know, don't count me in. So um, in the process of all of this, I had called our oldest son in when I first read that passage about nakedness. And his name is Joshua. And I said, Joshua, I know, I don't know what this is all about, but I know you're a part of it. And I said, if God, if there's something that God's going to ask us to do this, as, as ridiculous as walking around naked and, you know, thinking people's going to meet God because we're naked. At my age, you know, they'd get an ironing board or something, you know, call for the loony farm. <laughs> do something to press the wrinkles out of me, you know. <laughs> and... um. And he said he would. He would. He said, yeah, Mom, whatever it is, I'll do it. And he left for a whitewater canoe trip with a bunch of high school kids. And he came home early from that trip. And he called. And he goes, I don't know why I'm here early. But he goes, um, I just feel like God's t- telling me to come home. And on the way to, on this trip, he did call me after the second day and said, Mom, I still have my clothes on. I don't think God's asked me to do anything yet. And I said, well, Joshua, you will know. You will know what it is from God. So when he came home on that very, uh, uh, that one day, he drove all the way home from Canada to uh, Mountain View. That's where we were at the time. 
he went to a picnic. It was the last, one of the last days of camp. And he went to a picnic with us. And he was exhausted, had not slept. And, and I love him dearly. But I knew if anyone was going to say no, it would be Joshua. And even though we'd been with the kids for two weeks at camp, I was scared spitless to tell Joshua because I knew he'd say no. He's at camp and we're all there, all the kids. And again, I separated myself from all of the kids and um, was praying for them. And, and I was watching Joshua and Benjamin, our two oldest boys, playing with all of them. They were like 52 kids, playing with all of them and having a great time. It was August. It was a scorching hot day. And so eventually Joshua just leaves everybody and he goes and sits under a tree. He's exhausted. And I looked over at him <laughs> and I said, oh, God, there's no good time. I'm just going to do it. So I got up and walked over, and he saw me walking toward him, and he act, literally stood up, walked over, and we met halfway in, in the middle of the field, the park, the same park where we'd met the kids. And I said, Joshua, how would you like to adopt one of these kids? And he said, no way. Ooh. No way. But, they said, but, I understand there are five kids here that are siblings and he said mom that's our nakedness I think we should adopt these five kids and so I told him I said Joshua are you sure now he's a big guy he's six feet like I'm five three he's six feet he's just a big guy and he put his arm around me when I'm when we met in the middle and I told him this but when I asked him I said Joshua are you sure he turned me around and put both arms hands on my shoulder and looked me square in the face and said, Mom, my yes is yes and my no is no. Don't ever ask me that again. <laughs> and I said, okay. I said, then we're going to pursue this because Benjamin really wanted to do this. He really, really did. The kids had to go back. We had not hosted them. We hadn't planned on this. So they went back to Russia and we went through the process of adoption. And everyone said, this will never work. Financially, it was $100,000, and this is Whoa. like 18, well, almost 20 years ago. And so I said, God, we don't have money, but I love this about money. It's paper with a picture on it. It's paper with a picture on it. I said, God, I need paper with pictures on it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have the love and the energy, but not the money. And um, God began to provide for us over and over and over again. We never asked for any money because we felt like this is such a crazy idea with our income. I've always been a stay-at-home mom with our income. Um, we would never be able to do this. God just provided money from people that said, we, we really feel strongly about adoption, but God has never called us to adopt, but he's given us money. It was never more than maybe, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 dollars. Much of it was under 50 dollars that just came in that people contributed. And um, we knew that if we didn't have our finances in order, when we got the phone call from Russia for a court date, that we would have to wait another year. So the church had asked if they could set up a fund. And we said, yes, you can, we can Put the money there, but as long as you don't ask people for funds. You know, no requests for money. We're just going to see what God does with this. And um, I just felt it was one of those things from God. I, it was like God to say, Marilyn, I will provide. I will provide. Watch me work. Yeah. And so 
And also, Amanda, it's such a crazy thing to do with our income. And I was 52 when we adopted the kids. So I just, you know, God is, I have, I can look back on my life and see God providing over and over and over again. And the very first income that came in, the very first money that came in, a little girl came up to me at church. I don't know. I don't remember who she is. God knows. And hopefully she knows who she is. And she said to me, Marilyn, what have you been doing this summer? And I said, I've been working with some kids from Russia, and I want to adopt five of them. And she said, what little girl would say this? She said, that must cost a lot of money. (laughs) And I said, it does, but God will provide. The next Sunday, she came up and she says, Marilyn, open your hand. And she dropped in a quarter and two pennies. And she said, this is for your children. And some man beside me said, are you selling something? And I said, no, we're hoping to adopt five kids from Russia. And she just gave me some money toward it. And he dropped a $20 bill on my hand. And people just began doing that. And, and it didn't make any sense to, to adopt it at our age and with our income. And yet, if it was God... I mean, he, if he can part the Red Sea, if he can raise man from the dead, if he can forgive my sins, why can he not provide money for these children? And, the, and we got a phone call from the, the treasurer at church, and she said, I want you to know that we just got $20, a, a $20 check, and you now have enough money to go to Russia. Now, I knew, I knew that there was a letter in our mailbox. I knew there would be saying that your court date has been approved and you need to get to Russia. Mm-hmm. I went to the mailbox, opened up the mail, and there's a letter from Russia that we have like four days to get there. Now, that's a whole other story of how God provided an airplane because we couldn't, get a, we couldn't get air. We could not get four tickets to Russia and nine to come home that quickly. And yet, God provided and um, work that whole thing out. It's been really amazing, and it's been great. It's been really good. (laughs) I have no regrets. God provided the money. You fly to Russia. Mm -hmm. You come back. You were a family of four. Mm -hmm. You come back as a family of nine, Mm -hmm. and talk about, you know, bravery. Getting your brave on is what this is all about. Like, what was it that you think that made you so brave to get on that flight? I imagine getting on that flight home with five extra kids heading to the USA and having it set in like, oh my gosh, I asked God for this. He provided. It actually happened. Now what? How did you deal with any kind of fear that came in? And how did you, as we like to say here, get your brave on through it? I do remember thinking this as, as the plane landed in Russia, I was so excited. And when we touched down, it was like, whoa, we are bringing home children that five children that don't speak a word of English. We don't speak a word of Russian. They don't, even though they saw me at camp, they don't know us. So we did not host them. We were not allowed to tell them that we were hoping to adopt them because most people were pretty sure that that, that U.S. and Russia would not approve when they saw our finances. So they had no idea. And I thought, we're taking them from everything they know. We're taking them from a language that they know. We're taking them from... Now, there, there's not many family members there that they have, but they're, nonetheless, we're taking them from that. We're taking them from familiar smells, familiar food, everything. Um, and there are two siblings, more siblings in Russia, that we tried to adopt, but they would not 
lettuce for various circumstances that I won't go into. But um, I realized we were taking them away from all of that. And my concern was mostly for them. I mean, I'm kind of weird anyway. <laughs> so, so I knew, I like change. I knew, I knew I was just so ready for this. I was, I'm not sure I was brave as much as I just am strange enough that it, it was exciting to me. It was just so exciting. But they had fears. And I think, you know, we talked about that a little bit. I think mm-hmm. there's, they had fears. One especially, their behavior was not out of, because you do have some hard times. Mm-hmm. It wasn't out of meanness. It's just they're scared. They're afraid. And I remember one day, I just didn't know what to do anymore. I just said, God, I don't, I can't even talk to them. I don't know what to do. But I had enough language that, you know, we could work through some things. But I remember one day just saying, God, he reminded me of, in in Job. Now, I'm not a theologian, so, you know. I might be taking this out of context. But all I remember is reading, I love the book of Job. Because at the end, for me, the end is knowing God is better than knowing the answer. That's, that's Job to me. Wow. Knowing God is better than knowing the answer. I know what Job was going through because, mm. I mean, I got to read the Bible. Job had no Bible. He didn't know. Well, Job lost everything. Yeah, he lost his family, how, lost everything. his business, his livestock, everything. everything. But he never stopped talking to God. Mm. People never stopped telling him what was wrong with him, but he never stopped. I love that about Job. And then at the very end of Job, I think it's maybe chapter 38 because I know there's it's not the last chapter, but... What struck me is God spoke out of the storm. And some verses say he spoke out of the whirlwind. And I'm thinking, that is so not what I'm used to. I'm used to thinking God speaks into the storm. God speaks into the difficulty. And I said, God, you speak out of the storm. Hmm. And, I, and I thought, I said, God, I want to step into the storm of my children's lives. Because you speak out out of it and I think sometimes we don't find we just want God to solve our problems Mm -hmm. speak into the storm calm it I mean Jesus walks on water in a storm he didn't calm it and then go oh now that it's calm I'll go out and I am convinced again I'm not a theologian but Peter sinks and God pulls him up and but I I don't know but I think I'm going to ask Peter someday (laughs) I believe that Peter, how did Peter get back in the boat? I don't think God carried him back in. I think Peter walked back into the boat. That's just You're me. right. It doesn't say that. It doesn't he said say. He lost it. He uh-huh. took his eyes off uh-huh. Jesus. Uh-huh. And he starts to and sink. And he starts to uh-huh. sink. And then Jesus uh-huh. pulled him uh-huh. back uh-huh. up. Uh-huh. You, I know. Mm-hmm. He walked back in the boat. I mean, really? Mm-hmm. God speaks out of the storm. And he says to be still. And he speaks out of, I think, those places in our lives. And it's like, God, I want to hear what you're saying. And I wanted to come close to the fear myself and speak out of that as a mom. Mm-hmm. And speak out of the fear. Because I can speak into the fear. But it's like, what do you know about my life? But I could enter the fear and speak out. And, and call out to God from there and, and say, God, what do you have in this place of fear? And I've, I've even asked my kids, what character quality did God develop in your life that never would have been there had it not been for your past? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't an easy past. I 
I said, there are character qualities. Let God speak out of the storm of your past and tell you, speak out the character qualities. And, you know, and they've said compassion. You know, they, there's a compassion. They see things that I just don't see. They have a view of things that's different than me. And God developed some of that in the speaking out of that storm. But I think we want to run out. Job mm-hmm. sat in that a long time, and God speaks out of the storm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I do. I love it. I love that you started talking about Job because I opened that up the other day. You like fingerprints of God? That's like a fingerprint yes. of God for me. <laughs> that is it. You know, Job. I felt like that sometimes as a single mom and raising my kids on my own. Like I lost the dream that I had of you know I was a stay-at-home mom when my children's father um, left the family and. And had to, I thought I had everything going just right, and everything was ripped out from underneath me. I mean, I still had my children. I didn't lose someone, not like Job, but I felt like I, lo- I, I mourned a life that I thought I was building, and, but he gave me an even better one. And then what I love about the story of Job is that we think that we're ruined in our moment of a storm, in our moment of a fall. You know, think, well, that's it. My life is over. No one's ever going to let me be in ministry again. I'm divorced. No one's going to let me speak to women's groups. Nobody's going to let me be on Christian radio again. I've got the big D word next to my name. But that wasn't the truth. And it wasn't the truth for Job either. And that was not a life sentence of losing his business and losing his family. It was only nine months. It was only a storm of nine months. And then at the end of the book of Job, I think it says... And he lived for 120 plus years and saw his grandchildren's grandchildren's grow and grew an even bigger business. Now, that's the Amanda paraphrase of the last of Job. I think and then when we're in the storm and we're in the thick of it, I'm sure raising five children that didn't speak English and had, I mean, they must have had some kind of trauma to, to go through needing to be adopted. So to heal those traumas, it must have felt like a big giant hurricane in your life. But to find God in the middle of it and to know how he turned it into good is pretty incredible. So I think when we were talking at the celebration of life of our mutual friend, you told me that um, you would step into their fear. And, and I'd love for you to tell more about what that was like, about helping a child who's ex- who has trauma, who's experiencing fear. Because I think all of us can do that for our children. Step into their fear because... That's what God says he does is when you were telling me this, I think we were in line for food at this point when you were telling me this is pretty awesome. I'm like, what's that? I got to write this down. I got, I don't want to forget it. I never did. He said, you know, when they were, I didn't understand when they had so much fear and she said she would step into the fear. And I thought that's just like Joshua one nine for, I have not commanded you declares the Lord to be strong and courageous, but then he promises, but I will go with you wherever you go. So how did you calm their fears and step into their fear with them? How did that work? Um, I think sometimes, I mean, when we're afraid, I think the tendency is we want to hide or run away. And, and biblically, when there's fear, it seems like God draws near. So I physically would draw near. I would bring them close. Like, I don't do timeouts. I do time in. <laughs> I'm a mom that does time in. So a lot of that... I just wanted to be a safe place. And it took a long time to see me as a safe place. Because I, I've, you know, I, I never raised my voice at my kids. It's just, I've never raised my voice at any of my kids. I just, I, I would just bring them near and I would try to step into that. 
fear myself and say, Marilyn, what would that feel like? And what do we need when we're afraid? We need someone near. And, and so I just want to be that one near. And I remember one day it was really hard. And I do remember be, feeling scared myself, stepping into their fear and saying, you know what? You know, my fear does not, does not mean I can't step into their fear. I have a mighty God. Mm-hmm. I am so not afraid. So I did. And, and I remember one day just saying, God, I want, I just want to, I feel like I just jumped on a mighty steed and we, you and me, we're just going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just, we, I haven't a clue what I'm doing, but you do. But my cluelessness, I think is where my courage came from. I didn't know what else to do, but what never changes. I knew I loved them mm-hmm. and I knew God loved them. And it was, there is nothing that will separate my love from you. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And there's nothing you can tell me that will go, that I'll go, oh, that was awful that that happened. You know, right. I mean, I think there's things, I'm sorry for certain things that have happened to them, but, um, but it doesn't define who they are. Mm-hmm. does not define who they are. And even with, when kids come from trauma, I, I might have mentioned this to you at the celebration, but our middle daughter said, Mama, me... Now, this was early on, so she didn't have a lot of language. Mm-hmm. She's English language. She says, Mama, me know someone bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Now me know his name is God. Me talk to him. Now me know me prayed. Oh. Me asked for family. Now me have family. And God is so good. It's, just, it's things like that that just wow. keep you going. Just go, you know what? I can do this forever. I used to ask God. I don't anymore because I'm too old. But <laughs> Seriously, I'm not kidding, Amanda. I used to ask God for a plane. <laughs> and I said, God, would you fill this plane with children wing to wing? And, and I will not be the best mom in the world, but I'll tell them about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I asked so many times for a plane. <laughs> the biggest plane you've got, God. You never and know. Fill them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love kids, and um, and like I tell my our seven kids, I say, I know five of you are adopted, and two of you came from my womb. But for the life of me, I have no idea who's who. <laughs> you know, who's who? Because I'm sure I am absolutely convinced I birthed all seven. I am sure of it. <laughs> I love that. So, okay, one, one more question. Um, thank you for telling that beautiful story. Your heart, I learned so much from you. I mean, you're, you're making me a better mom. Aww. So thank you. You're making me a better human and a better spouse. So thank you. So, you know, this podcast, my inspiration for it is not because I pretend to be the most brave woman on the planet. Because <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I call myself Um, I'm recovering from being the world's most fearful woman because at that moment that I found myself single with a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and an eight-week-old by myself, I didn't know I was going to pay them. I'd never paid a bill in my life. I was really scared and I had to rebuild my life. And that's why I I just make a decision to be brave instead of a decision to live in fear and allow it to limit me because I allowed it to limit me for a long time. I just got to the end of it. I was like, this isn't happening anymore. And I'm going to get my brave on. So my vision is that anyone listening to this, maybe they're going through a relationship loss or change. Maybe it's a job loss or change. Or maybe just plain lost and need the motivation 
to decide to trust God Mm -hmm. and be brave and move forward. Someone is, would you speak to someone in that situation to help them know it's going to be okay to be like Peter and step out of the boat so you can walk on water with Jesus? What would you say to that person? If they were sitting on this other side of the table with us with a cup of tea and just stuck in life and trapped in fear, what would you say to this other woman joining us at the table on what she needs? Hmm. I think we need to find God in our grief. I think we want to leave that grief, and I think we need to grieve. Um, I think as as maybe just those of us in America or mm-hmm. Christians, I think we are afraid to do that, and we see that as a weakness or doubting God. I think that we need to name our loss and grieve our loss um, and let God speak out of that loss and maybe not waiting for him to speak into it. I think we have this backwards sometimes. I can, I'll be able to do such and such. I'll be able to stop. Once I see God's purpose or plan or whatever, it, it may not be there. I mean, you know, I, we were married seven years before I was pregnant with our first child. Wow, I was sure we would have children right away. Mm-hmm. And after our second born was born, I was waiting for our third. I, and and I that was sad for me that God never blessed my womb. But I, I remember saying to God, you know, God, when I gave you my life when I was eight, that included my womb. I gave it to you. And I don't have a right over it anymore. And if you want to bless it, I'll be thrilled. And if you don't, I'll be thrilled because this is what you're doing with your life mm-hmm. in me. Had God given me five children right away when I wanted them, I probably never would have adopted our five youngest. Does that make any sense? I mean, I just, and I think sometimes we are so quick to get out of our grief or what's, what's the hard thing that sometimes we need to stay in it long enough to let God come close and grieve with me and tell me it's because he is never, there's no shame in grief, but let him come near and say to me, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. Do we not think that God himself grieved at that separation with father and son on the cross? He can't. And and Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we see it from Jesus's point of view, but I'm sure God is going for the first time you've been separated. There's a, there's a grief. God understands grief and we want to get out of it. Why not let the holiest of holy grievers come into my grief and just come close and say, I'm so sorry. It's not the end. And I'm not going to talk about what's going to happen five years from now. I want you to know that in this moment, with you at this moment, we can't do that. I want, that's what I want someone to do. Just let God come near to your heart. I feel like we should pray. Okay. I don't know. Like, I'm just feeling like that. All I right. know it's like listening on a podcast. <laughs> just Because maybe that's for the person that is grieving. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk about I, I grieved the life that I thought I was going right. to have. And it was a year. And then I was ready for the next mm-hmm. step. Mm-hmm. Getting your brave on doesn't happen in an instant. Mm-hmm. It's just a daily process mm-hmm. to choose mm-hmm. to not um, curl up in a ball. Right. <laughs> so... Can you pray for that woman sure. that we just talked to? Sure. And just pray for us to get our brave on whatever sure. you feel that. Oh, God, thank you that you 
are the God of all comfort and that there is no pain that you take lightly. And you've never said to us, get over it, grow up, Mm -hmm. snap out of this. You come near. God, you are a God who is, who created us in our mother's womb. Who but you could do that? And if you so intimately created us, why would you not comfort us in our grief? Oh, God, thank you that you are the Redeemer. You are the Mighty One. You are, you are all we need. Thank you that you are good and that you are aggressively loving us and calling us and that you tend to our hearts. God, may we let them be vulnerable to you so that you can tend to our hearts. We love you, God. Amen. Thanks so much for coming over and having some tea with me. Well, thank you for the tea. And being on the guest, although I don't think you took a sip because I made you talk the whole time. But um, thank you for joining me in my home. This was very, very special. It was very special. And thanks for sharing your story and opening up your heart. It's going to impact a lot of people. I really believe that. Well, you've impacted a lot of people, so thank you. I try. Thank you. Now you you do. You try and it works. Make me feel good. (laughs) Thank you. So you ready? Brave babe, ask God this question today. What do you want to accomplish in my life? Maybe it's, what do you want to accomplish today? What do you want to accomplish tomorrow with me, God? Or maybe it's, God, what is it that you want my legacy to be? Go big. Ask God that prayer, and I'm here to help you walk out the answer. Go get the free Brave Life Planner. I've got a journal to help you go through certain steps every morning to get your mind right, like your I am statements, what you're grateful for, setting pathways on how you're going to achieve that goal. And I explain how it works at getyourbraveon.info, plus a daily sheet where you can plan out your brave life. I got you, brave babe. Download it for free at getyourbraveon.info info and one more thing if you know a friend who's feeling kind of lost kind of hopeless stuck in fear and limited could you please be a hero and share this podcast with them i have this goal to reach 10,000 brave babes with this podcast this summer will you help me reach one or two more of those 10,000 just copy the link to this podcast and paste it in a text That would mean the world to me, and more importantly, it could change their life. This will help you, too. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-based podcasts. One's about prayer and parenting, even single parenting, and more. Check it out. Come celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh. Or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family, too, because admission and parking are free. Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. Audio.com. Get your brave on. Come celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh. Or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family, too, because admission and parking are free. 
Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. Dr. Trudy Fleer here. T-Mobile home internet speeds that crawl can leave us feeling like we have to move faster to compensate, but we don't. The internet does. You want to move like a sloth? Be a sloth with blazing fast Xfinity internet. Learn more at xfinity.com slash If you run a small business, you need the most from every investment. That's why Comcast Business gives you more, like our new gig speed Wi-Fi, plus unlimited data, all on the largest, fastest, reliable network for small businesses. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Don't miss our special holiday offer. And ask how to get up to a $750 prepaid card with a qualifying bundle. Call today. Ends 12-4-2022. Restrictions apply. Requires gigabit extra bundle with two-year agreement. Thank you so much for your support of the Get Your Brave On podcast. I'd love to connect with you. Call my hotline anytime and let me know how this podcast is impacting your life and how you're silencing fear at 5304-AMANDA. Let's connect on socials and get more strategies to silence fear every day on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Amanda Carroll Show. And if you want to go deeper, join my Patreon. You can get daily motivations and prayers and meditations and live videos. Just go to getyourbraveon.info and sign up to be a member of the Get Your Brave On tribe. Join our Facebook group too. Just search Get Your Brave On. And I'd be honored if you would follow this podcast and subscribe and even leave a review. That helps more women just like you facing a plot twist find more strategies to silence fear. I'll shout you out in the next episode or even send me an email to amanda at amandacarroll.org and tell me how God is using this podcast in your life like Kim did. She said, I just want to thank you for your podcast. I signed up in July and honestly, always deleted your message. (laughs) It's okay. Or sometimes just took a quick glance. But today was different. It was if God was drawing me to really take a look at it. And I did. After downloading the app to get a podcast, I went back and clicked on the prayer. As I stood in my bathroom, brushing my teeth, the words just filled the room with a peacefulness. It came over me and it was like a weight had been lifted. The stress of living with a few disabilities and being on long medical leave from work for over a year and the stress of trying to go back to work with homeschooling two kids, I was keeping it all in. I just wanted to know how much you make a difference. I even shared your podcast with my mom, cousin, and brother, (laughs) even though he's not a lady. He's going through a tough time and wanted him to hear the prayer. So bless you. Bless you. I am so thankful that God used this in your life. You're my why. I'm honored to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out anytime. All the links are in the show notes. And I love the idea of you listening to the episodes while you're brushing your teeth. I actually think it's perfect. Start your day with me. So just make sure you follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Get your brave on.